John Roderick. We speak to you from our present, which we can only assume is your distant past, the turbulent time that was the early 21st century. Fearing the great cataclysm that will surely befall our civilization, we began this monumental reference of strange and obscure human knowledge. These recordings represent our attempt to compile and preserve wonders and esoterica that would otherwise be lost. So whether you're listening from an advanced civilization or have just reinvented the technology to decrypt our transmissions, this is our legacy to you. This is our time capsule. This is the Omnibus. Accessed entry 075.2P0308, certificate number 24524. As slow as possible. Yeah, this whole entry is going to be about my kids getting out of the car. Oh, I thought it was going to be about my laconic style. (laughs) Did I ever tell you the story about the time? It's about your storytelling style. (laughs) Do you do you do you have the problem with your kid just with Marla just sitting in the car for ages after you pull up to wherever, or is she off like a shot? No. So I I had to actually uh, make an issue about it because we would pull into a thing and we would all get out of the car and she would she's just sitting in there exactly the same. And I was like, who do you think is running this show? Like. Get out. I'm not clear what they're waiting for. What do they think is going to happen? The engine's off. Show's over. They're happy to be in their little place and they don't want, they, they're they afraid of change. It's kind of pure that they're just happy where they are and not Im- immediately bouncing to the next thing. What, what do you think about the pace of modern life? Too fast? Too slow? <laughs> about right? Do you feel like it's about right for you? The thing is when, when I pull into a place and get out of the car, uh, I would like to continue on my path and not stand there drumming my fingers on the top of the car while she, I don't know what, just stares into space, finishes her book. But if you were very, one of these very present people who's just in the moment. Yeah, I try to then it, then it doesn't matter. You're, you know, you, the same number of minutes are allotted to you no matter what. So why not just drum your, your fingers on the roof of the car, enjoy the sun on the asphalt? You know, I'm trying to be aloha and just be where I am and... And be like a turtle. Let the waves carry me in and then the waves carry me out. But we're in the parking lot of a a restaurant and it's time to go inside. You're being too much like a turtle, Marlo. I think what it is is that I'm all right with the ocean moving me in and out, but I do not want to be at the back end call of an eight-year-old. It's just, oh, I see. It's a power thing. A little bit. (laughs) Like if you were with the president. And he was sitting in the car. If you, like, if you were giving Tom Hanks a ride to uh, to Black Bear Diner, and he was he was still in his car seat reading uh, "No More Diapers for Ducky," you wouldn't say, "Tom, no, we're what? at we're at the restaurant." I mean, I might do like a through the window, might do like a shrug, like, <laughs> "Were you were you going to get out? Uh, You've got two Oscars. Should I get back but... in?" <laughs> well, you're aware of this kind of this modern thinking that uh, 
and, and probably even without reading a book, you would be aware that life is moving faster than it used to be. And maybe there's something that seems breakneck or out of control or unfortunate about the current pace of life. I mean, I'm familiar with it, but it also felt like a thing that in the eighties we talked about a lot, like we, we, you know, we can't sustain this breakneck pace. And so we've introduced a lot of yoga and a lot of uh, self-care into the way we talk about life. But now we have this thing where we're all carrying around our work with us all day. And you're working 20 hours a day because you're, you're never away from email. Yeah. I remember reading that. Do you remember that James Gleck book faster where he talked about how, you know, basically we modern modernity in kind of invented time and the idea that you could waste it and that there was free time, but you had to, even though it was free, you had to use it and waiting for things was, was problematic, you know, just this whole weird relationship we have with urgency now. And I remember thinking, uh, I, I read the book long after it came out and I thought this guy's writing this before we have cell phones. Right. Cell phones kind of fixed all this, you know, we don't wait for anything now, you know, the second something doesn't go the pace we want, we can just beam into our little, beam our attention into our rectangle. So right. problem go, solved. Go into your personal library. If, if Marlo's not getting out the, uh, getting out of the car, let's see what's happening on Instagram. I, I don't know if I've told you this story, but when I, when I walked across Europe, I didn't have a watch and it was before cell phones and very quickly I settled into the, um, I settled into a tempo dictated by the day, by the sun and, and dusk and dawn. And I got so I could tell what time of day it was. You're a farmer. You're basically a farmer. With, right. n- with no crops or no, sustenance. Well, but I was, <laughs> I was farming uh, life experience. And other people's crops. Uh, that, that's right. Far, far, I, was, I was living off the land. I was like, you were living in haystacks. But I woke up at dawn pretty much because I was sleeping outside. And I'd walk until it was too hot to walk, and I'd stop under a shady tree and eat some uh, cherries and a little, have a little water, and then walk through the afternoon until it was dusk. It seems like a recipe for diarrhea. Just uh, well, cherry, cherries if, at midday. If all you're living on is cherries, you're going to have some stomach cramps. <laughs> Good to know. But uh, uh, but outside of Budapest, I, I I met a guy there in this city, and who said uh, that he wanted to join me on my walk. And I was, I don't know, pretty suspicious. Like, I don't really, it's sort of, I'm walking at my own pace. I don't really need a friend. And he was like, come on, I'll just walk with you for a couple of days. Was he Hungarian? Was he? he was Hungarian. And he said, you know, I'll walk with you a couple of days. We'll get to a town that's got a train station and I'll take the train back home. And, uh, and I said, okay, sure. So we start walking. Well, he has a watch. And immediately he's looking at the mileage signs. He's timing us. And he's doing it reflexively. I would have been doing it if I had a watch. Sure. It's just like, oh, it took us an hour to go like only uh, four kilometers. Like we need to pick up the pace. You now have a road trip dad and who's he, like, we're not making good time. Right? He's we're not going to make butte. Faster than I am. Like he's like, we, we got to pick up the pace. And I, and I hated him. I hated him. And more than that, I hated his watch because it, it, it reintroduced this, this sort of artificial urgency, this, yeah. this thing that we were like, we were Think, Thinking that urgency and importance are the same, yeah. right? And, uh, did you murder him? Is he in a haystack somewhere to this no, day? No, but after, we did walk a couple of days. and Oh, and then we slept in a field the first night, and he snored like a sawmill. And I was like, you are not 
<laughs> you are not making a good case for yourself as a travel partner for me. But he did. We got someplace and he got on a train. We walked for two and a half days or something. He got on a train and he was home in an hour. And it was just, that just infuriated me even more. If snoring is good manners, I, we don't know how your respiratory systems work, listeners, but if snoring is good manners in your time, it's it's really upsetting in a traveling companion in our time. It's true. Future links could be all uh, all like future uh, future octopuses. Who have like, they're just bubbling and burbling all night, and if it gets quiet, they wake up. Like, like sometimes you wake up when the fridge goes off or whatever. Hmm. Uh, yeah, but you're right. There has been. I, I have the same problem. Uh, like I've worn a watch my entire life, and I get a little antsy when I don't have one. Like you go into some timeless void, not not like a black hole, but like a casino, uh-huh. which is wor- worse than or, a black or, hole. Or uh, airports do this too. You would think right. there'd, be, there'd be clocks everywhere in an airport. It's the one it's the thing you want to know. only important thing, and yet you're sitting somewhere uh, eating your Wendy's and... You're like, where... What time is it? I feel like sometimes even the departure boards, they'll list all the times, constantly changing, do not have the current time. That's that's supposed to be your problem. I don't know what that is. I understand why they don't have them in casinos because they right. don't want you to know what time it is. They want you to stay. Airports want you to leave. Yeah. If you stay at an airport, it, the airport's broken. They can't handle all those people just flying in and then not leaving. It, it, it's a nightmare. Uh, but you're right. There's a, so there's been kind of a movement back toward slowness. You know, something we never needed at any other point. In history, because is it, is it really a movement? Do they have like a flag? <laughs> yeah. Well, they're designing it, but it's taking quite a while. Oh, sure, of course. There's a committee that's going to be designing uh-huh. a flag, but they can't decide who's on the committee. Uh, well, you know, there's like a, for example, a slow food movement. Oh, sure. Like the idea that uh, you know the convenience, the mid-century conveniences of things like getting your burger faster or getting your whatever delivered faster. Yeah. Like there's been a pushback just recently this week against Amazon delivery. Oh. Like we're seeing kind of the you know. People are doing the math of what the carbon footprint and the labor costs and the, you know, the treatment of the employees that are involved in getting you uh, a spatula in 12 hours. Well, people didn't need to do the math on that. I remember the first time uh, our good friend Merlin Mann told me that he uh, he ordered toilet paper delivered and the supermarket's three blocks from his house. And I said, that's insane. He was like, well, I was out of toilet paper and free delivery. I mean, you know, it doesn't take a genius to think. Or to, to come to the conclusion that that is a tremendous waste of resources. My wife and I, uh, a couple of weeks ago, did without a light bulb and one of our bedside lamps for uh, for over a week because each of us thought the other had ordered it on Amazon. And we were just thinking light bulbs were just going to appear on right. the porch. And why were they not appearing? Uh, but this is, a, this is a new way of thinking. This is kind of convenience-addicted lifestyle where things should just Well, appear. it's actually... It's actually an aristocratic way of thinking, right? That because right. you would snap your fingers and the light bulb would, or the or light bulbs would burn out and get magically changed, and you wouldn't know how. We're all the lord of the manor now. That's right. Amazon is our valet, and uh, McDonald's is our valet or, or cook. Right. Um, so, so you know, uh, restaurants and chefs have you know been built around this idea that no, 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 you're going to have to wait for your food, and it'll mm-hmm. be better because you'll savor it. Mm-hmm. There will be uh, we'll be able to achieve things in quality that you couldn't if the food actually came out when you were hungry. Wait, which is the snobbiest, most hateful lifestyle? To be rich enough to sit around and wait or to be rich enough to have toilet paper delivered to your house? Exactly. Think of all I the, hate all these people. Think of all the rich ladies doing their yoga or their kind of slow exercise, mm. um, whereas, you know, I'm ditch, th- ditch digger is actually... About, thinking do, about that now, yeah. <laughs> what, all the rich ladies. about the pants? All the rich ladies. Uh, and whereas if you're a ditch digger or something, you don't have the... the, uh, the um, 
luxury <laughs> yeah, no, of thinking like, of words fast. I, I, I need to, I need to slow down. I need to build fewer ditches and just be more, be more in the moment oh, when yeah. I, when I'm, uh, when I'm digging in the ditch. You know, you're, if you're an apple picker, you get paid by the bushel, not by the hour. Right. If you're thinking like a Robert Frost character, oh, I've had enough of apple picking now. You, you may not sleep anywhere tonight. That's right. You need to pick as many apples as you can in the shortest amount of time. But take one of these people who's addicted to slow food or, or slow exercise or whatever. Take them out around the barn and shoot them? <laughs> well, I wasn't going to do that first. Right, 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 right. No, I, no, no. And you're, you're a foodie. You like slow food. I, I like the idea that someone is taking greater care of things. Um, I like the quality involved. But I think the idea that there's a certain virtue uh-huh. in waiting, I'm... I'm I'm not super convinced. Like, just suggest to one of these people that they um, embrace the slow internet movement, for example. <laughs> and you'll see how classist this whole thing is. Uh, what about music? What do you think about the tempo of music? Slow music? Well, tell me this. Like, why... How come when I see a band live, they do all the hits a little faster? That's the thing, right? Yeah, well, you, when you play live, you naturally speed up just because you are you feel the energy of the room and you want to, you wanna like, be, give them some zippy... Can you tell you're doing it a little faster yeah. than the record? Yeah, and there there are there are plenty of songs uh, where if it gets faster past a certain point, it, it's hard or impossible to play. Like our uh, the Long Winter's song, um, "Scared Straight," the bass line uh, becomes very very strenuous if you if the BPM goes past kind of uh, and I, and I'm on the guitar, I'm prepared to play it faster. But then the bass line is like, it's too much. The bassist is your uh, is your bottleneck. Yeah, so he he keeps the tempo down. But but um, there are some bands that play slower live. But they're you know there's like slow bands. And you said BPM like a DJ, but like would, would a would a good live musician kind of know be able to sense? Would a drummer know like I'm playing at this many BPM and be within five or so? It's what a great drummer can do. I mean, I, uh, uh, there are drummers that have a lot of expressiveness but aren't great at keeping time. And there are drummers that are great at keeping time, but are kind of uh, metronomic and not really artistic. Mm. And then the best drummers are both uh, really good at time. And also I feel like the second guy you could just replace with a drum machine. Well, no, I mean, it's still drive. If you have really good time, you can play something like Ringo Starr, play something really simple, but because your time is so good, it it becomes a, it's a matter of feel. And the feel is what makes music, feel good but like if you buy um if you buy a looper or a drum machine yeah the bass setting is 120 beats per minute that's kind of like the standard stock pop song tempo 120 bpm and you can ramp that up to to techno level or you can slow it way down to make it sound like low uh, (laughs) you know like like get all slow core slow core I was, you know, I was thinking about that, that like, uh, I think maybe a couple generations ago, the, the, the menace of popular music was often communicated with how fast and wild it was, mm-hmm. you know, like boogie woogie or Dixieland jazz, or, you know, maybe even ragtime. These were just faster than the popular songs of their parents period. And that's what kind of made it seem edgy and dangerous is yeah. that it's, it's careening along into your ears. But actually the more I thought about it, I realized that it's the slow music that's Dangerous. Well, that's the thing. Those are the taboo rhythms. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, they're not. Um, maybe, maybe it's the syncopation and stuff too. But it seems like if you're if you're a song is self consciously slow, there might be a couple reasons. One is it might uh, 
it might be drug related, right? It's supposed to, you know, certain kinds of psychedelic music are often very slow, maybe to, to, to um, suggest the time altering properties of certain substances. It's like, really about making out. Well, that's the other one. So, so you got drugs. You've got like vanilla fudge and these guys. You remember how vanilla fudge would do like motel? They do like uh, maybe, uh, maybe uh, I'm quite a bit older than you. I can't, I can't <laughs> believe that we're we're talking about vanilla fudge. But, Where did we go wrong in life? Uh, well, you know, without vanilla fudge, you don't get deep purple. You don't get yes. Like for those who don't know, if vanilla fudge has not, their memory has not uh, lasted into the far future. They would they were the late '60s kind of uh, acid rock band that would do covers of like Motown songs and other pop songs. We are constantly trying to establish that we are not boomers and, yes, and you are really chipping away. I'm doing 10 minutes on Vanilla Fudge right here. <laughs> but have you heard like, so, you know, think of Diana Ross singing, uh, you just, you keep me hanging on. It's 120 beats per minute or so. And have you heard the Vanilla Fudge version? Set me free. Why don't you And this is what they would do. You'd buy a Vanilla Fudge record, and it would be covers, at heavy covers at a third the speed, but with great heaviosity and the mushrooms you're coming up on. It's right there are in the starting name. to seem like Vanilla a great decision. Vanilla Fudge. Right. Right? Exactly. Like the Melvins. The name tells you what you're about to experience. We're going to take black people's music, but we've got a very, very vanilla twist on it. Uh-huh. It's going to be incredibly slow, and you Make cannot dance to it. Super fudgy. At all. But you mentioned the other thing slow music does, which is it's sexy, mm. right? I went to see Brian Ferry last night. Oh, right. I saw the pictures. And Brian Ferry and, um, and Roxy Music's music has always kind of gone over my head or maybe past me on the highway. Below your feet. Because it's not super melody based. It's really it it um Do you not tend to like a, a trancey moody kind of a thing? It it just it feels like it feels like sex on cocaine to me, you know, uh, which I know is a reference that's oh going to miss you on both counts. Or but tell me about it. But um, think it about just, think about me not having sex, not on cocaine, and then just reverse it, and just I'm like, it. right, like, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, the, there's no um, there's no there there. It's meant to be played kind of as ambiance. But it's got vocals. It's not just like ambient music. But yeah, I'm not going to stand you too much to, talking about Roxy music here. You know what I mean, though? It's yes. like it's it. There are a lot of chord changes that are not what I would have done. Right? Like when you're making a song and you're like, "Here's the chords," and now I'm got got to find a chord to go to the chorus, and then you hit a chord and you go, "Hmm, no, not that one," and you try again. Roxy music said, "Oh yeah, that one." Like. It just feels like the chord changes are all in directions that I, I, I have a hard time mapping. But watching the audience and being in the room, I realized, oh, everybody in this audience lost their virginity to this music. Like it has a it's a it's spell casting. You know, yeah, the music doesn't even have chronology, really. In most songs, things come after other things. Yeah. And not so much in that kind of music, right? Like yeah. every second of that song kind of exists at once, and any chunk of it is It goes along. Is representative. Are there choruses? I guess. But, but, it's not, but it's not about that. It's about creating... It's about turning the lights down and putting your hands on one another, let's be honest. Right. And, the, and that's where you get the whole kind of slow jams uh, movement. Let's slow it down. Let's slow it down. Now we're going to get into a slow dance. Uh, when it's, you were at a school dance and the slow dance happened, did you move toward the dance floor 
or move away. Oh, toward because, but mostly because you know, not less for groping than for like less skill required. Oh, sure, you just like it's it's hard to dance badly to uh, to a slow jam to Terrence Trent Darby or whatever I'm whatever I'm slow dancing to in this scenario. Were were there ever a a scenario where like a like a proctor came over and uh, and and separated you and your dancing partner? I never actually saw that happen. There was not a whole lot of dirty dancing going on at my high school or junior high that yeah. I that I can remember. When it comes to meat, quality makes a huge difference in texture and taste. And even though it might be better for you and the environment, a lot of the higher quality meat you find at the grocery store is just too expensive for most people's budget. Thankfully, there's ButcherBox. ButcherBox believes everyone deserves access to high-quality, humanely sourced meat at an affordable price. That's why each month, ButcherBox ships a curated selection of the finest cuts right to your home. Choose from 100% grass-fed and finished beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage pork, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, and sugar and nitrate-free bacon. No antibiotics, no added hormones, just meat the way meat should be. And right now, you can get two pounds of ground beef and two packs of bacon absolutely free, plus $20 off your first box when you visit butcherbox.com slash iHeart or use the promo code iHeart at checkout. That's butcherbox.com slash iHeart or use the promo code iHeart at checkout. But that's what slow music is, right? It's, it's Slow Love by Prince. Any song that's about slowness, Slow Love by Prince, it's so much better when we take our time up to Despacito. Mm. Like th- really the idea is um, people are having sex slowly and we're invited to consider that, which always worries me a little. Like you don't want to have sex too slowly. What if somebody falls asleep? I mean, it depends. There's a lot of uh, there th- thinking about the great breadth of futurelings. I'm sure there are plenty that where the, uh, where the act of coitus takes a, a mere second, you know, like they just, they connect the the, uh, the ovipositors they, yeah they spray uh, their their seed upon one another and then they they uh, they immediately evaporate but there could also be some that have just centuries of foreplay right f- per spore right what about spore ants play? I mean think about <laughs> right. ant sex I never thought about insects but I am now because they're all yearning for their ant wives that's right of all the creatures in Middle Earth the ants are the horniest huh. I'd never thought of it that way. They're constantly just talking about their, even one of them's even called Hornbeam, I think. Yeah. There's not a ton of sex in Middle Earth, is there? It doesn't come up a lot. No. There are I only, mean, well, Samwise Gamgee has, has, a, has a little bit of sex there at the end. Because he's got nine kids? Yeah. He must have. He's got that saucy wife. The main problem is there's only two women in Middle Earth. Uh-huh. There's, there's Gladriel. Somebody's going to wind up with Arwen. Oh, Gladriel's already married. Somebody's going to uh-huh. wind up with Arwen. Somebody's going to wind up with Eowyn. And then... Really, everybody else just kind of has to defend a fort from a siege. No, those hobbit or... babes are babes. That's true. The hobbits, we imagine, have a lot of ro- earthy, rosy-cheeked yeah, adventures. I think, I think they they rut pretty heavily. Is in that the why spring. Frodo leaves? <gasps> oh, maybe. Like they're they're always talking about how the hobbits love the comforts of home. Is Frodo just like ace? Is he asexual? He's pretty or, beta. Or is Frodo gay? Well, like Frodo, Frodo doesn't feel comfortable, and he's trying to find the elves who maybe experiment a little more. He's on a quest. <laughs> he's, headed, he's headed out to the West Coast. <laughs> what kind of ring is that you're holding, Frodo? <laughs> anyway, so I associate slow music with debauchery, but no composer is more has thought more about tempo. I'm going to assert right now. Go ahead. I'm <laughs> listening. <laughs> the 20th century avant-gardist John Cage. Right. 
what do you what do you know about John Cage? Just that there's no composer that thinks more about tempo than he does. <laughs> that's the main thing you think about him. <laughs> well, also he has a, he has a song that's just uh, total silence. Right. That's right? The, that's his thing. Right. Uh, four four minutes and thirty three seconds. If you were there at the first performance of that in 1952, you would have seen a man get up and walk to a piano, uh, close the lid of the piano, and then just sit. And at different points during the silence, for silent four minutes and thirty seconds, or open the lid and then reclose it to to express that the movement has ended. So oh, he, so he can I open see. the lid. Oh, new movement. Better close the lid again because I'm not going to play any key. It's a great piece. I mean. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes when my kids are practicing their instruments, I kind of wish they would spend a few hours yeah. working on 433. This is not a pipe. <laughs> now, that's kind of the thing. It's conceptual. This is not music or is, is it? it? He often said that it was inspired by visiting uh, Harvard and seeing that they, they were all full of crappy intellectual ideas. No, no, no. Visiting Harvard and going into an anechoic chamber, uh-huh. like some perfectly silent chamber. And as he walks in, he realizes, oh, even silent. Silence is not silent. Right. Because he can still hear tones. And in his account of it, the technician says, oh, yeah, if you hear a low tone and a high tone, one of them is your blood circulating in your veins, and the other is neural activity in your nerves. Whoa. Like, that's actually what you're hearing. Excellent. Now that there's nothing else to... So he's asking questions about, you know, what is silence? Does this count as music? You become hyper aware of other sounds in the hall. Right. How does it all play into Eastern ideas of, you know, the blank canvas with the single brush stroke and meditation and mindfulness and all this stuff so you know he may not just be a charlatan doing gimmicks but he has a ton of gimmicky music on the first uh, long winters record we got um scott mccoy the uh the great young fresh fellow young fresh fellow front man and uh leader of the minus five member of rem he came in we didn't really have anything for him to play he just sat in a chair and we recorded him for a track just sitting quietly in a chair and then we mixed the sound of Scott McCoy into one of the into one of the tunes. And when you listen to the two versions of the track, one with oh, Scott McCoy, feel, one without Scott the McCoy, vibe for sure, it was different for sure. Would it have killed you guys to just let him do hand claps or on the next record? He he did some stuff. He did he he laid some stuff down. It was just it was we just needed that. It needed, I don't know. It was one of those things. It just needed that sauce. Was it a record company thing where he wasn't allowed to pick up an instrument? I can sit in the chair, but... <laughs> no, it was a song that uh, I had already played all the instruments on, and my, my performances were so impeccable that how could you improve upon them? I feel like to this day people will complain about John Cage's kind of emperor has no clothes quality of his work, but uh, it's not all summed up by that, that one white canvas of 433. He has a lot of other incredibly gimmicky pieces. He liked... <sighs> He's not just that one gimmick. He has so many weird gimmicks. <laughs> he liked to draw music out of randomness, like, um, you know, uh, throwing lots a la the I Ching right. and, you know, letting those determine the notes and the and the tempo. Um, sometimes it would be star charts. He would take a, a a chart of a constellation and put a staff on it and let where the stars fell determine what tones were played when. Um Odd instrumentation. He has a piece called Child of Tree in which he put contact microphones on plants and then played the plants. Uh, oh, yeah. Amplified cactus right. is the main instrument. He would sproing the cactus or rub a feather on the bristles. And it's, you know, it's wired like an electric guitar. So you would you would hear stuff. Um, uh, his famous piece, Variations 7, is played by 10 open, 10 telephones that are all open to different locations in New York City. The Times Press Room, a, a bustling restaurant, the Dog Pound, Merce Cunningham's famous dance studio, a friend's turtle 
terrarium. Uh, and they'd all be playing this at once, in addition to a blender, a juicer, a toaster, fans, radios, two Geiger counters. Basically, he invented the Flaming Lips. <laughs> have you have you ever 60s. been to one of those Flaming Lips performances? I have, you know, I've I've heard, uh, I've never, was, like the one where he had, they have all the radios playing. Yeah, right, a, a bunch of different cars in a parking garage, and they all put a cassette tape in their cassette player and push play at the same time. I have Zyrica, which is the one where there's four things going on on four different CDs, and you can play them all at once for some kind of gestalt experience. Mm-hmm. Have you been to see, every time I've seen the Flaming Lips, they were not doing that, but they were doing something else crazy. Yeah, they were they were shooting confetti out of cannons, and he was in a giant. He was in a giant ball. hamster ball rolling yeah. over the. Did you ever see them bed. do War Pigs? Did you have you seen them perform War Pigs? What happens in War Pigs? It's just a very good cover of War Pigs. <laughs> <laughs> I like that gimmick. Yeah. What if instead of doing a bad cover, it was just a, a really cover? good cover? I mean, it's a tough song to to cover, but they do a great job. There's a lot of John Cage compositions that have that kind of a. Wayne Coyne, let's play a bunch of radios at once. For example, Water Walk, which he actually wrote for an Italian quiz show. Not a lot of music's written for huh. Italian quiz shows. Well, a prison colon ensign on Cusel. Right. This is the second best song <laughs> that originated on Italian novelty TV. Uh, Water Walk is all slashing, sloshing and splashing. He has a bathtub. You know, the other instruments include a toy fish, a rubber ducky. There's a pressure cooker. He puts ice cubes in an electric mixer. Um, and it's not all instrumentation. Uh, his famous Freeman Etudes are 17 violin etudes that he wrote to be impossible to play. It's, yeah. just, it's supposed to just look really Baroque on the staff, oh, like yeah. notes out of control, eight eight bars above where the staff ends. That's some Zappa stuff right there. Zappa had famously a, uh, a drum audition piece of sheet music uh, that, you know, if you were going to audition for the Zappa band, he would hand you this and say, like, go for it. And and, um, and it was impossible? It was, it was basically like the sheet... The piece of paper just looked black because it had so many <laughs> little notes, notations on it. I think only one drummer ever played it perfectly the first time. It was some jazz, some jazz bow. That's what happened to John Cage. Uh, in the late 80s, a, a British violin virtuoso managed to actually play the Freeman etudes, which kind of, you know, defeats the purpose of them. Yeah. If, if somebody can actually play them. He beat the four minute mile. He's got a, yeah, he's a superhero basically. And so what did it sound like? I'm sure it's terrible. Yeah, it, it must've been right. That not all cage work is unlistenable gibberish. The silence piece is very nice. Yeah. No, he has, he does have pieces that kind of do have, uh, you know, melody and, you know, have the listener in mind beyond just you're at a happening, check out this weird conceptual thing, but people just remember the weird conceptual stuff. And he would take it as far as he possibly could. Uh, a piece I'd never heard of until I was reading this last night, uh, a composition called WGBH TV. Mm-hmm. named for the Boston, Boston. public radio mm-hmm. station. Uh, it cannot be performed because it's not music. It's a series of correspondence, uh, a series of letters to and from a British public TV, a Boston public, public TV station um, in which they discuss whether or not he can put on a short television film to benefit the mentally disabled. So the sheet music to this piece is the correspondence about whether or not he can put on it and make a little documentary for the mentally disabled. Now, do you think that there might be a time when a futureling has the ability to, not just the ability to, but but our written language handwriting becomes a playable score? Is, there, think, any, is there any precedent for that in our own? Well, if John Cage can turn I Ching drawings and star charts into music. Right. Um, I mean, so it like the music of the spheres, some kind of ancient ratios that we have found a way to, to find the, the music, the, 
Um, That's fine find is, and play the music. Fine to suggest that the music is already there, yes. implicit in the orbits of the whirling which, spheres. Which I think is partly what John Cage is saying. It's just the futurelings need to play their little, uh, their little, like wings. My, uh, my guess is, in reality, you could decode the movement of things in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, you could choose which variables turn into pitch and which turn into tempo sure, and which turn into math, timbre. Right. right. Um, and it maybe doesn't mean any of them are actually, you know, if the Mona Lisa was played as a, a cantata or as a reggae song, right? You know, is there one way to play the Mona Lisa as a reggae song? If it was played on the tenor saxophone or on the harmonica. <laughs> um, but you know, if there's one piece of John Cage music that our future listeners might be aware of, just on chronology, if nothing else, it would be his 1987 piece called "Organ Two slash A-S-L-S-P. A-S-L-S-P is meant to be an acronym for as slow as possible. Oh. And if you think about it, you'll realize that John Cage is not very good at acronyms. A-S-L-S-P? The L L has to be from slow. A. So A-S is either as or S-L is slow. Right. The second S... Low is this is the second S is the S in as? No, that's a bad that's a bad acronym. It's not a great acronym. It's uh, you see his problem. I mean, the real acronym uh, of as slow as possible would be ASAP, which means the opposite of as slow as possible. And oh. he couldn't just do ASLAP because that sounds like ass slap. Yes, which or a slap or a slap, right? But wait, I would think that I would think that the irony of having it be ASAP. As slow as possible, would he would really that would resonate? It does with me. I'm yeah. going to start saying that all the time, ASAP, as slow Make, as possible. He doesn't want to mislead the audience. I was noticing this about um, when they let movie audiences rate movies. Like, there's a thing called cinema rating or cinema score or whatever, where they let audiences say, "This is an A, this is a B, this is a C." And I was looking at the list of the worst rated movies, and it's all just audiences that felt misled. Oh, like the trailer looked like a comedy. But then it's kind of a oddball family drama, or the trailer looks like a horror movie, but instead it's a mood piece with no real scares. I see. That's the kind of movie where people are like D minus. Uh-huh. <laughs> Whereas even a bad movie, people would be like, eh, B, as long as it's more or less what they thought it was going to be. So right. maybe John Cage just doesn't want to disappoint the concert hall. That's like this is going to be said ASAP. It's going to be so fast. So it's a, it's a fairly brief. Uh, I think it was written for piano, but it was it's later been performed for organ uh, more often. And the first time it was played, although it's a fairly short piece, because the instruction to the to the uh, musician says to play it as slow as possible, mm-hmm. ass slap. Uh, the first Is, isn't there an Italian way of saying that 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 would sound more like sure. musically musicy Le- lentissimo. What's slow? Lento, right? Lento, but so it would be lentissimo. Uh-huh. It would be prison colon incident usual. The first performer played it at twenty nine minutes and fifteen seconds. So pretty slow for a you know maybe a, a page or two of music. Right. He really had to try, but of course, you know it's impossible to play something as slow as possible. It's like t- a kid trying to think of the highest number. So did it become a race, a race to the bottom, an opposite uh-huh. race? <laughs> Have you ever heard the old? It's some kind of a, what? It's an old Persian story of the king who decides to leave his crown to to one of his two children, and it's whichever one can. Uh, whichever one, you know, they, they're, they're, it's an Arab sheik or something, so they're breeding stallions. And it's whichever stallion crosses the finish line last uh, will inherit all the fortune. So the sons start out, and of course, they just inch along, 
you know, not never getting ahead of the other, the crowds leave, everything dies. They realize this is not going to work. Have you heard this fable? No, you, I, I like it so far. Do you though. know what the sons do? No, what do they do? They're Kill very, each other? They're clever. No, they're smarter than that. Oh, they put cocaine in the other horse's <laughs> nose. They switch horses. The kingdom goes to whichever whichever son's horse crosses the finish line last, so they can just switch horses and have a normal race. It's like not having sex, not on cocaine. <laughs> I, uh, so I'm still baffled. So what happens? They switch horses. They switch so... horses, and now now you want your horse to lose, so you better go as fast as you can on your brother's horse. Oh, and it's a normal race. It turns into a normal oh. race. There was a loophole. The guy the guy should have said which of my sons crosses the finish line last. Right. But he says the son whose horse crosses the finish line last. He just wasn't thinking. He was one of those round, ineffectual sultans like in Aladdin. And he was getting jaffarred by one of his sons. Right. Anyway, why am I talking about that? Uh, well, because we're talking oh, about... Oh, because you can keep going slower and slower. Right. Right. Just as you could on the horse. So the first performance was 29 minutes. And people soon realized, that's not as slow as possible. I could play right. this in 31 minutes uh, or sure. 42 minutes. 29 minutes and one second. Audiences weren't crazy about it. But uh, but the piece would get played slower and slower in successive performances, really theoretically in tune with Cage's vision for the piece. And then uh, in 1997, uh, a conference of musicians and philosophers decides they want something big to celebrate for the year 2000, a big cultural happening to celebrate the new millennium. And nothing brings a crowd. <laughs> like a very slow <laughs> organ piece. <laughs> well... They realize that the year 2000 will be the 639th anniversary of the famous Blockwerk organ in Halberstadt, Germany. Apparently, the Halberstadt Cathedral has this uh, incredible organ that was like the first modern keyboard with our modern keyboard arrangement, like the 12-note claviature that we're used to today. It is um, in Austria is the 639th anniversary a significant <laughs> well, one? Well, in base 639, <laughs> it's very important. I don't know. Is there anything good about 639? I don't it's know. divisible well, you, by, it's nine times 71, I guess. You're pulling out some numerology now, I can see. Why don't, why don't we get some, uh, why don't we get some, some Torah uh, interp here? Some Kabbalah? Yeah. Well, 639, it turns out, is a very interesting number. Uh it is the sum of the first 20 primes, as I'm sure you know. Go on. The sum of the first 20 primes. If you just add up 2 plus 3 plus 5 plus 7 plus 11 and so forth up to the 20th prime. I don't know what it is. Did you not include 1? Is 1 not a prime number? A prime should be divisible by both 1 and itself. Right. So is it's it a little more? tricky. Oh, I see. Yeah. You see the problem. Yeah, I do. It's both prime and not. It's Schrodinger's prime. Right. 639 is also the area code for much of Saskatchewan. Oh, if well, that now that is significant. It's significant in the future if if uh, if uh, Saskatchewan is the is a, a like a the warm Saskatoonians t- a tropic and the, beach community. The Reginians <laughs> have taken over Canada, uh, and hopefully sent all those Blue Jay fans packing. Hey now, <laughs> you're very concerned that I'm alienating Canada. Well, no, I'm my not, war on the Blue Jays. I was at first, but then it turned out uh, I sent you a text to this effect when you were when you were baiting all the Canadian baseball fans. I was trolling the Blue Jays fans online. We uh, we for that week were number forty on the Canadian uh, podcast charts. Is that true? Yeah, the omnibus like leapt up the charts to you know. Within the top fifty. So. Wait, are you saying a real thing? There are Canadian podcast charts, and you know where we are on them. Yes, yes. Wow. Yeah. So Canadians do just love to be abused. Yeah. Can it, the the Canadians were like, we hate that Ken Jennings. Let's see what he has to Let's say. Let's go onto the podcast that's app. Be, that's, eh? that's because they're not a country; they're an inferiority complex. Eh? Oh, 
Uh, I've actually thrown out a first pitch at a Toronto Blue Jays game. I feel like I have amazing Blue Jays cred. Boy, I have no idea how many humble brags you can you can fit into insulting Canada, but you're you're very gifted at it. So 639 is an arbitrary number. It's just the distance. Uh, it's just the 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 time lag between the organ being invented, the modern keyboard being invented, and the year 2000. 2000. Right. Um, and so their thought was, what if we played a musical composition for the next 639 years. Uh, yeah. Beginning in the year 2001 in the, you know, in the new, in the new millennium. Whose idea is this? This does not sound like an idea. This sounds like a, this, uh, this sounds does like it sound a, like a drug trip. It does. Like who, wh- what if we just set that, set something in motion, some per- Perpetual piano machine. Imagine a bunch of musicians and philosophers sitting around in their bean bags, being no, like, being like, no, 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 no. Wait, it's like music, but it's super slow. It's like one note. Do you guys ev- like vanilla fudge? One note a season. That's ex- that's about what it is. So the discussion turns into what piece would we play for six hundred thirty nine years? Oh well, you know, instead of just playing, uh, I've been working on the railroad over and over. <laughs> Now that is a, an art piece. <laughs> or Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson. They think, right. what if you know? What if he gets discredited sometime? Right, it has right, to be a right. musician who cannot be canceled. What, what about the what about the composer of All Been Working on the Railroad? <laughs> what if some bad information comes out about that? What if they? What if you find out he was actually um, in the kitchen with Dinah doing something untoward, and Dinah did not consent? I think that's him. I think doing something untoward is implied. I, I don't know about Dinah's consent. Are you hashtagging me tooing the composer of I've Been Working on the no, Railroad? I feel like Dinah. I, I, I feel like absent. Absent an accusation, I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve judgment. You're gonna assume Dinah consents to whatever's not, happening in the kitchen. I don't kitchen? know if I'm gonna do that. I'm not saying that either. <laughs> it must be affirmative <laughs> consent. Uh, and the so the very first uh, cathedral, the very first cathedral organ was in the city of Halberstadt, and it just so happens there is kind of an old falling apart church called Saint Burkhardi. You know, also those are very Halberstadt. popular in Germany. Falling apart falling churches. Falling apart churches. Yeah. Well, this one, uh, it's all Napoleon's fault, so your mom will like this. Yay! One, one of the things that Napoleon did, apparently, did you know Napoleon had like a Billy Carter-type younger brother named Jerome? Uh, what? Kind of a loser Roger Clinton type? Didn't he, Neil make Bush all, type? didn't he make all of his like loser younger brothers like kings of Mexico? That's and, exactly what happened. So yeah. he makes Jerome, Jerome Bonaparte, the king of Westphalia. Oh, and uh, Jerome, where, where not, Volkswagens are made. Exactly. Jerome is not an able leader. He de- he deconsecrates a bunch of churches during his short and ignominious reign, right? Uh, as the only king of Westphalia, and so for the next 190 years, between 1810 and the philosophers in the beanbags, Saint Bacardi Church in Halberstadt has been a barn. It's been a Cistercian monastery. It's been a distillery. It's been an East German pigsty. Mm. Um, it has not been a church. So here's a place where they can install an organ in a church-like environment and just have it play for 639 years. So it's a wrecked church, but it's intact enough that you can put an organ in there and it won't be full of pigs. Right. People could visit. The East German pigs have been cleared away or have passed away, perhaps. Got it. Dig Um, it. So on September 5th, 2001, which would have been John Cage's 89th birthday, the performance of... Uh, as, as slow, slow as, as possible. possible begins. Unfortunately, that's a it's a piece that begins with a with a rest. That's the first oh mm-hmm. notation. So for the first eighteen months, nothing happens. There's a bellows going on the organs. There's kind of a low whoosh of a bellows, 
but no music per se. Right. This is the rest. Yes. But the neighbors are into that um, because at least it's quiet. When the first chord begins sounding in February 2003, 18 months later, they, they basically they put sandbags on the pedals. So they stay permanently depressed. And organ, organists don't have to switch off uh, in eight-hour shifts. You've got a bunch of sandbags playing the music. And uh, the first chord is played in February 2003. It's a G-sharp, a B, and a higher G-sharp, whatever that is. And the neighbors start to complain because now it's loud. And it, and it doesn't stop. And it's not going to stop uh, until the following July. Uh, you know, 14 months later, a few, a few other notes are going to be added. One chord. A single chord. Two E's are going to be added 18 months later. But for 18 months, it's just going to be G-sharp, B, G-sharp. Can you imagine if you lived... Uh, for 18 months next to an organ playing 24 hours a day, and then it added two E's, <laughs> you'd be like, oh, the sun has come out. Uh, they actually had to install kind of a plexiglass box around the organ okay. so that people could see the performance <laughs> taking place. You don't want to block the sight lines. You don't want to obstruct the view seats, but so that the neighbors would have the sound somewhat dulled. Have you always wanted to learn to play an instrument? Maybe you've even tried at some point, but gave up because you felt lessons were too expensive or that you just didn't have the time. Thankfully, there's Musician. Musician is the fun, easy, and affordable way to learn guitar, piano, bass, ukulele, and even singing. Just download the app to your desktop, tablet, or phone and start playing. Musician gives you 24-7 access to a vast catalog of video lessons from professionally trained educators, as well as thousands of exercises and songs across dozens of music genres, all tailored to your goals. And with Musician's award-winning technology that listens to you play, you'll get real-time feedback on timing and accuracy so you can actually see yourself improving as you learn. Start your extended 14-day free trial of Musician's Premium Plus package at musician.com start that's unlimited access to thousands of lessons exercises and songs on as many instruments as you want for two whole weeks just go to musician.com start that's y-o-u-s-i-c-i-a-n.com start so this is a very weird take on the biosphere or on um you know on like a salt mine sort of uh repository seed bank because yeah it's 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 art but it's on a geological time scale and and we're counting on uh, we're counting on people a hundred years from now thinking this is just as funny (laughs) that they're going to keep this plugged in right it's going to require some maintenance those sandbags are going to deteriorate somebody's going to have to refill sound sandbags yep somebody's got to plug in the bellows that organ's not going to Going to run 600 years without a little maintenance. Well, that's the problem. How do you make sure this thing actually goes for 639 years? It's an act of faith. Um, one of the things they've done is that they have solicited donations. Um, you know, the organ's got to be in good shape because some of these notes are going to play for a long time. There's at one point coming up in the score just in the next few decades where one note is going to have to be sounded and then play for 58 years straight. Right. And organs may not be built for that. Right. Um, so what they've done is they've solicited donations for a thousand pounds, a thousand British pounds. You can donate one year of sound to the organ. That's about the cost they figure of maintenance and everything for a full year. So you can provide a year of this John Cage work for the low, low cost of a thousand pounds, and you get your name on a plaque in Saint Bacardi, along with six hundred and thirty-nine other dupes. Well, sure, but, but some of those years, now, you some know? of those years are going to get divided up into fifteen-minute increments, and you're going to have a lot of extra names on that church wall. And you're going to be able to pick your favorite part. Like if you want to be in the chorus, oh, right. You know, you don't want to be in a in a fifteen-year rest. 
You don't want to be that to be your Well, neighbor. I don't know. <laughs> the neighbors probably would like Maybe it. Maybe the rests are at, are at a bargain. It's turned out to be a pretty big hit, actually. Um, in January 2006, the first new chord was played, the second new chord of the piece. It's, uh-huh. it's an F sharp diminished. And it was going to play for two and a half years. So as if you're a tourist, you could come anytime. Right. But of course, people want to be there on the 5th of the month at exactly 3, 3.33 in the afternoon. You'd think it would be 4.33. I don't know why it's 3.33, but... Uh, to, to, to see the changeover. So it's become a big cultural event where thousands of avant-garde music fans and other looky-loos um, come to Saxony to be in the church when the new chord plays. So, so it's just a transition to a new chord. Yes, There's nothing, the sandbags are moved. Because it's happening so slowly, you're never going to, in the space of one day, see two movements. Even Even if it was a... 32nd note in the score it would still take weeks to unfold do you think it, do you think it loses something aesthetically because no one can follow the train of of the piece no like a, it's very difficult for an audience to, to to follow the mood right yeah I think I think aesthetically it is I think that this idea works as well on paper as it does in life which is not at all well I mean it, it's <laughs> it is something it's something that you are glad people do. The last change happened on October 5th, 2013. We are recording this in the middle of 2019. So there has not been a change to the organ in six years. The next chord change is due on September 5th, 2020. So that, that chord will have played for seven years. And it's a, it's a, it's a full chord and it's just there in it's this just room going just humming. 24 seven. Wow. Um, so maybe there is kind of an experience to, you know, not going there, not for 639 years, you'd have stuff to do and your mail would pile up. But, but when have you ever sat in a room and listened to an organ chord for an hour? Even? Right. That would be heavy like, stuff. If you think church is boring, like check this out. Uh, now, are you allowed to bring an instrument into the church and riff on the chord? That's a great question. Because with that chord, just like droning, you could put other, you could get in there and start like soloing over da, 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 it. Yeah, or just have, you know, put a little jazz combo together and start like based on that chord, record a whole new piece of music. You know, I want to say for a big enough donation, they would let you do that, but maybe that would be against the, you know, the idea is that if you were to speed this whole thing up, you would get a, a performance of. Oh wait, are they recording ASLSD? it? That's another great question. And if so, <laughs> onto what media? Do you think they've got the gold records like all lined up? Because if they're recording it with the intention, if the end of the gag, if the big reveal is that they then play the recording and everybody sits around and, and like says, oh, they actually that that should have gone an extra two weeks. They, they released it on one of those KTEL box sets, like, you know, where it lists the, the hits, scroll up the, all your favorite hits, uh, year one, year two, but year I, three. I wonder like how a sound wave, you know, a sound wave is kind of a fractal thing. Like if you zoom in on it, you see all this extra detail. And if you zoom out on it, you know, other waves kind of appear. I wonder if you took a sound wave and looked at it and then compressed it from 639 years to, to like does, six minutes. Does it sound like the chipmunks? Well, or Christmas, Christmas. No, I just, I wonder if, it, if you do it, if you do it where you keep the, the pitch, right. I wonder what that, 
That's a whole new instrument. The thickness of that tone would. What if it's just an awful instrument? What if it just turns into the harmonica or something? The harmonica is a great (laughs) instrument. I'll fight you. Uh, This is all academic for our listeners. This all finished up to you on September 5th, 2640, we Mm. hope. Mm -hmm. Perhaps you remember there was a halftime interval uh, in the year 2319. You've got to have an intermission for a performance this long. Of course, of course. So for several months in 2319, there was a bathroom break. Um... But uh, the, when the, it was essentially a slow food idea. When they asked the organizers, why are you doing this? They said, we want to rediscover calm and slowness in today's fast changing world. And, that and is such a lame thing to say. It kind of is. They should have said, we're being weird. <laughs> Isn't this weird? We're trying to put weird stuff back into modern life. I just like that it's an act of faith. You know, it's almost like planting a tree or something. You're, you're assuming. That right. the world is still going to be there's a I was just in when I was in Oslo over the summer they're building a new library and one of the things the library is going to have is uh, every year they're having a different world class author your Margaret Atwood your mm. J M Kutsi write a new book um, and they've also planted a pine forest outside the city fifty miles and in a hundred years a Norwegian thing in a hundred years the forest will have uh, reached the height it can be harvested at, and they will use those trees to create the wood pulp to create new books. And they will finally print after a hundred years, all those stories that were written. So it's like a seed bank for literature. And, but right now you can, when the library is completed, you will be able to go in and see all these books sitting on the shelf. Unpublished, unread. Unread by anyone. You can just see them tantalizing you an unpublished Margaret Atwood novel. And yet the forest on which they will eventually be printed is still a sapling 50 mile out of town. And the idea is, just to create some sense of continuity. Think about the generation to come. You know, have the hope that someday the pines will be tall enough, the books will be printed, the organ will finally come to a silent halt. I mean, there's a lot about modern art that's infuriating, but that idea um, is really appealing. I really do think that is great art. I like just the the scale of it. So we've been talking about this piece for, I don't know, 40 minutes or so. So if you were to take, um, so while we've been talking for 40 minutes, some time has elapsed in ASLSP, right? Right. Uh, if you were to collapse that down, you know, there are, um, there are about just over 8. There are about 8.4 million of those 40 minute increments involved in this 639 year performance. So it would basically, it would be like, um, if you take a three or four minute pop song, if you take, I can't get no satisfaction, that would basically be like, we have just heard the equivalent of one forty thousandth of a second of, I can't get no satisfaction while we were talking. That was the, that was the 40 minutes we've been talking about this piece as it played over in Germany. It's the equivalent of a forty thousandth of a second of a pop song. That's, that's just how fast our little lives wish by. Right. Onward toward the grave. So, do you find that depressing? No, I find that meaningless. Uh, because <laughs> the because that amount of scale... You can't even think about it? Well, you can, but I mean, we're talking about the scale of forests now. Yeah. And I think a, the most effective way to consider the time scale of forests is by apprising uh, a, a, a forest, right? A tree speaks for itself. And, um, and I don't need another, I don't need a metaphor for how majestic a 600 year forest is. It's just like the ants, right? Yeah. If they would, 
sexy AF. If they would just stop having sap dreams about their aunt wives and just enjoy their slow life. And that concludes As Slow as Possible, entry 075.2P0308, certificate number 24524, in the omnibus. Futurelings, in the unlikely event that social media still exists in your era, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram are all only halfway through their 639-year song, uh, and you can find ours at at Omnibus Project. You can find Ken's jokes, which will infuriate Canadians, but but which are timeless. And 700 years from now, no comedy is timeless. You will, you sentient wheat chaff will will raise your little tendrils in hilarity uh, at Ken Jennings, and I am uh, you know grumpy and surreal at, in the middle of the night over at at John Roderick. Uh, you can go to my Instagram account and see all of my one-minute videos of of um, of you wandering Lionel the streets Ritchie. of your neighborhood with a blunderbuss. That's right. Uh, I'm also at John Roderick. There, uh, you can go to our. Uh, you know, wait a minute. You can email us at um, theomnibusproject at gmail dot com. Uh, you can go to Reddit if you are a redditor. At uh, oh, to I, catch a redditor. They've been yelling at me over on Reddit that I don't. That I don't say which Reddit. There are two two Reddits, and you're supposed to endorse one. Well, so it's tricky. One of the Reddits uh, has, has there, more people on it than the other. Has there been a schism? And so the people that are on the the Reddit that have more people believe that they have a better claim, um, or uh, they they took the other as just as fair. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, Which and, synod are we? And so they're saying that I should not, I should not say, uh, I should not say all the reddits, nor should I get the reddits wrong. I should say the one reddit, and I should say it properly. So there are two reddits. Uh, one is Reddit slash Omnibus Project, which only has seventy three members, and one is Omnibus underscore Futurelings which has 167 members. So I'm hoping that... I feel uh, like for 167 people, like, like you know, 10 times that have tuned out while you've been describing the problem. No, 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 no. <laughs> I would say more like 100 times more people have tuned out. Anyway, so go to omnibus underscore futurelings and begin your inevitable uh, Redditor assault on uh, Omnibus Project. Also... Um, on Facebook, there is a uncomplicated community of people called the Futurelings. Uncomplicated, by which I mean there's not a there's not a competing group yet. But the Futurelings are very complicated because they're it's a group of human beings all in a space. Uh, but they are the Futurelings on Facebook. Go watch their brownie in motion. You can also uh, you can also send us packages at PO Box five five seven four four Shoreline Washington nine eight one. Five, five. I just picked up some mail. I've been looking at the mail right now. Also, I should say... Here's, here's a person that wanted to donate to our Patreon, but um, he wanted to do a one-time donation only, so he just sent us cash in the U.S. mail. Oh, how many dollars? He just sent us four $20 bills. Oh, two $20 bills each. That's great, Tim. Well, Thank wh- you, Tim. Well, you, th- you really think this is going to be 50-50? Yeah, I'm going to take at least 40 of those dollars, maybe 60. And a bunch of pictures of him also. 
Tim. Here, you. I'll take the money. You can keep this collage of Tim's vacation photos. We'll put, we'll put the collage up on the wall. I do want to say, um, you know, Ken and I have uh, recently undergone a transition to an independent podcast, and we were extremely nervous about it. We really did not know if Omnibus was a going concern anymore, it, it, which, we, which hurt us. Yeah, it did. We were in a, we were anxious, and we were um, honestly at each other's throats. Boy, if we had a transcript of the text messages we sent back and forth to one another, where one or the other of us said, that's not what I'm saying. You could light Seattle <laughs> for a year. I'm, look, the, I'm on vacation right now. On the, on the hassled energy <laughs> in our texts. Anyway, we started a Patreon, which is... Um, which is the Omnibus Project. It's Patreon slash Patreon.com slash Omnibus Project, right? That's correct. Um, anyway, the response we've gotten from you, the listeners, the Futurelings, has been overwhelming, and we're so grateful to you. It's um, really touching that it, people enjoy the show. It is touching, and, and it's helped us. It really has, that, uh, the contributions you've made to keep the show uh, a going concern. So It very much is now. Yeah, thank you, thank you so much, and it was um, it's been very affirming. If you would like to uh, join the effort and feel like a part of the supportive omnibus community, the show is still free for all. That's right. But to show your support, and it's a free for all. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> but you can like like our texts, uh, like an ant orgy. Mm. But you can you can show your support uh, in a financial way if you're so inclined at Patreon.com/slash Omnibus Project. Look what I just opened in the mail. You you mentioned going to McDonald's, John. Yeah. So this person sent you his very very uh, detailed zine he has made. Ranking every burger establishment in Seattle. Whoa! It's called the Big Burger Guys. It's huge. It's like it's forty-two pages of of burger rankings, like Consumer Report style, with charts. I didn't know there were that many graphs. burger places in Seattle. And it's really places that are just burger places. It's not, um, you know, get oh. the burger at this hotel bar or whatever. It's it's all kind of fast foody style. Just places that say burger in the title, right? Well, we have considered, uh, to those of you who are contributing to the Patreon, that one of the potential bonus um, media might be that we open viewer mail and discuss it at length uh, in a separate uh, donor-only feed. This would be the kind of amazing content that would be rolled out for donors at that tier. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we would we would take a fresher take on it than just talking about what what Ken is finding in the mail. I noticed that the the, the my half of those. Uh, those $20 bills hasn't migrated over to my side of the table. Where did they just, they just went right in your pocket. You can have the collage. Ugh, you're the worst. Uh, I'm not going to reveal what the best burger in Seattle is, but I will tell you I ate there a week and a half ago and it was delightful. Was it uh, slow enough for you? <laughs> Fancy pants? <laughs> it was actually kind of slow as fast food goes. It was slow fast food. Anyway, I'm doing, I'm done doing the end part of uh, the at the outro. And I'm just reading about how Shake Shack ranked in <laughs> optics, synergy, and bun quality. <laughs> Listeners, from our vantage point in your distant past, we have no idea how long our civilization survived. We were too busy ranking bun quality to even worry about deforestation and giant meteors and so forth. We hope and pray that the catastrophe <coughs> we fear may never come, that the lava flows in particular spare the church in... Uh, Central Southern Germany, where the uh, John Cage piece is being played very slowly right now. Let's check in and see how it sounds right now. That's pretty good. I wish we were there. If, if the worst comes soon, however, this recording, like all our recordings, may be our final word to you. But if providence allows, if we and the organs survive, we hope to be back with you soon for another entry in the Omnibus.